welcome if you're watching us from home right now from our live streaming. Here we are again being flexible in an ever-changing world. And we're grateful for technology. Can I hear an amen on that? Amen. Now, those of you that are here, there's many of us that are home today. So I'm going to need those of you that are here to help me out. Are you, are you okay to help me out today? Which means you're going to need to say amen. And you're going to need to laugh at things that may not even be funny. And you're going to need to just help me out here today so that we can fill this room uh, with our enthusiasm, with our enthusiasm for the word, our enthusiasm for God. So today, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Why don't you grab your Bibles? Hopefully you have them with you if you're at home. Go ahead and grab your Bible. Please engage like you are here in service. Your online experience will be so much better if you don't just watch it like a television show. But if you actually participate. So grab your Bible, grab a notebook and a pen because the Lord will speak to you and he'll give you other things. God will preach about a thousand sermons in this one message. Because the Holy Spirit will strategically design what you hear to what you need. Isn't he good? And so he'll make sure if you come in faith that you will leave full and with what you need. How many of you are excited to hear something from Jesus today? You're not going to hear something from Kevin. You're going to hear something from the Spirit, I pray. That's been my prayer. I have a word for you today. Actually, I have a whole bunch of words that put together equal a sermon. So it's actually where we're going today. So grab your Bibles if you would. And why don't you go ahead and open them up to the book of Jeremiah. We're going to go to chapter 29. Jeremiah 29. I'm going to talk to you about flight plan today. We're in this series entitled Flight Plan, and I began to ask the Lord, Lord, I'm, I'm going to be preaching, you know, coming up here. What would you have me speak on? And he said, the flight plan. I said, Lord, that's the title. That's the series title. Of course I'm speaking on the flight plan. What do you want me to speak on? He said, the flight plan. So I quickly said, talk to me about it. And here's the goal. Here's the heart today. God has a flight plan. God has a plan for each and every one of our lives. Amen. And that plan is still working and still moving in your life despite all the other things that are going on in the world around us. It's important that we remember that God is capable of taking care of the business of the world and taking care of your personal business as well. Sometimes we can put our lives on pause and our faith on pause because we're waiting for this season of COVID to be done. But I'm here today and I believe by the direction of the Holy Spirit to remind each and every one of us that you don't have to wait for the season of COVID to do anything. That you can pursue your race. That you can run your race. That God's plan for your life is not on pause because our world is in extreme chaos or torment or confusion or anxiety or whatever else is going on in the world. And you can go throughout scripture and story after story where the world is fallen and the world is in a place of confusion and if it's not one crisis it's another crisis and God is still on the throne somebody say amen but God is not waiting for COVID to end to bring his will to pass in your life God is not waiting for the news media to agree that it's now you have permission to live God is saying I have a plan for your life and I know how to work that plan if you'll trust me I have a flight plan someone say amen Look, I got all of you, not just someone. Well done. So, sorry, I, my mask left fuzz on my nose. So if it's not me just trying to play with my nose. I, I'm getting tickled while I'm talking to you about this. Jeremiah 29, 11. Sometimes a familiar passage of scripture, we see it on coffee mugs, t-shirts, things like that. But can we actually apply it into our heart today? Can we receive it like it is? It's the word of the Lord. And God knew we needed this in print so we could read it when we needed it. 
In Jeremiah 29, we see that Israel is being, it's, they're going into captivity to Babylon and all these different things. So you see, they're in a time of chaos. But God is saying, I have a plan. And I have a good plan for your life. In Jeremiah 29, verse 11, the Lord says this, For I know the plans I have for you. Isn't it great that it doesn't matter the plans the devil has for you? doesn't matter the plans that other human beings may think they have for you. God has a plan for you. And here's the other thing. It doesn't even matter if, 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 if your plan, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes we have our own plan for our lives, but God has a plan that even supersedes our own plan and expectation. Sometimes we, our plans are too small. But God has a greater plan if we'll trust the one who has his plan. See, sometimes we expect things out of our lives based on our own personal experience, based on our own personal ability. But God puts plans on our lives based on what he can do through your life. And so he has a plan for your life. So it doesn't matter what other people have said. It doesn't matter what the world has said. It doesn't even matter what you have said at this point. We're saying, God, all that we set aside and we say yes to your flight plan. Are you ready to say yes to God's flight plan? Raise your hand if you're saying yes to God's flight plan. So if you're watching at home right now, I want you to put your hand up wherever you are. Go ahead. I can see you at home. No, I really can't, but I want you to put your hand up. You are saying yes to God's flight plan. You know what? That's the truth. That's what God's asking for you today. That's the one win today. Say, what's the win, Pastor Kevin? Will you say yes to God's plan for your life? And will you consistently say yes? Because there's times where you can say yes in the beginning, but halfway through, you're like, I don't know. But God, I gave you my yes. And if I give you my yes, you can keep my yes. I'm not taking it back. Amen? For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for your good, not for your disaster. To give you a future and a hope. The Bible goes on to say, in those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. So God does have a plan for, he had a plan for Israel, and he has a plan for us. But there is a part that we have to play, and that is to follow the Lord wholeheartedly. And so today, it's not just he has a plan and it's going to come to pass, but will you let him lead you? Will you let him guide you in that plan? You know, I think about getting on an airplane, and I think about the pilot, and it's almost like Jesus in this room today, or Jesus right here over your internet, and he's looking at you saying, I have a plan for your life. And I want to progress you on that plan. I want to move you in my plan for your life. Are you willing? And he almost puts his hand out like this. Are you willing to take a seat and trust me? Are you willing to let me lead you? Are you willing to let me guide you? But you have to say yes. And you have to sit there and you have to let the Lord lead you. And that's easier said than done. If anyone's ever been on a journey of faith with Jesus, you know that when you say yes that it's not the easiest thing because there's going to be times where your yes is tested. There's going to be times where life around you is chaotic, but you just keep sitting in that chair and you keep, keep saying, Lord, I trust your plan. I trust your plan. Even when I don't see it, you're working. You remember that song that we sing? Even when I don't see it, you're working. God, I will go with you. I will not take back my yes. And so he's inviting you into this faith journey with him. You know, there's times in, in our own faith journey, it was a year ago today that we had our last service in Illinois, and we said goodbye to our church there, and we went on our flight plan journey with Jesus. And I learned something about faith journeys. Can I teach you a little bit about what I learned on faith journeys? Is that okay? Thank you. I was going to teach you anyway, but I wanted your permission. There's different types of faith journeys. There's faith journeys that you're thrown into, kind of like the seasons we're in right now, where the world is full of its own stuff that puts pressure on your faith. 
There's sickness, there's disease, there's unrest, there's economy things going on, life. There's the enemy starts things, human beings, fallen nature starts things. We even make a mess of things sometimes. And sometimes you are in faith moments where you, you, you have to use your faith just based on the world around you. You didn't ask for that journey. You didn't even, you didn't have a choice. You were put in that journey. For us, an example of that would have been when our son Isaiah was born with cerebral palsy. We didn't ask for that journey, but we were put into that journey where we had to use our faith to trust God, believe for miracles, and to continue to walk forward. And so there's times in life you may lose a job, and all of a sudden you have to, you're put in a position where you have to use your faith to see resource come in, to see finances come in, or to get another job, or other things. Maybe a sickness is, is diagnosed over your body. You're put in that situation, just happens, and you are using your faith for healing. That's one journey of faith uh, that you go into. You say, I got to use my faith to believe God. But then there's these other moments. It's another, a different type of journey. Not one that you're kind of backed into a corner to, but one that Jesus invites you into. Where Jesus, the pilot, says, will you go on a faith journey with me? Basically, you don't have to go. You don't have to say yes. But if you say yes, will you go all the way? It's a totally different type of faith journey. Sometimes we are, we've only learned about these emergency crisis faith journeys. But I'm telling you right now, in the middle of this crisis world and all this stuff, that Jesus is still looking at you individuals saying, I have a bigger journey. I have a personal journey. I have plans for your life that go beyond what's going on in the world around us. I am doing something and making someone inside of you that the world needs for such a time as this and for what's to come after this. Will you let me grow you? Will you let me mature you? Will you go on a faith journey with me? Will you step out of the boat with me? And he's asking you to give him permission to lead you in that moment. He's not forcing you to do it, but he's saying, will you trust me? Will you go? Are you understanding that? And so today, maybe that's where you are. Maybe you're in a place where, you know, all of us are using our faith to an extent because of the season of the world we're in. But God is still showing up in your personal life. Maybe even today, God is showing up in this moment to say, I have plans for you. And my plans for you are beyond what's going on in the world around you. The plan I have for you is going to create something in your life, but you have to be willing to take a step of faith. You have to be willing to come with me on this plan that I have for you. Open your Bibles, if you would, please. Let's go ahead and go to Acts chapter 9. I want to use kind of this conversation of God developing us and changing us and transforming us and doing a great work in our lives and kind of couch it in the story of the Apostle Paul, his conversion story and kind of his personal revival, the flight plan that God had for him, and kind of show us what God is doing in the flight plan to create in you who you are to be for the sake of his overall plan he has for the world around us. So Acts chapter 9 is where we're going to go in a second, but let me just give you some background. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the Holy Spirit through the Lord tells the church that the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uh, to the uttermost parts of the earth. That's Acts 1.8. Write these things in your notes. Please write these things down. So he's telling them that the power of God's going to come on them and they have a mission. There's a mandate upon their lives. He's going to send them throughout all of Jerusalem, all of Judea, through all of Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And we know what they did. They stayed in Jerusalem. They stayed in Jerusalem for a period of time. Revival broke out. It was a powerful move of God after the Pentecost Sunday. But then... 
they started their small groups and their church started growing, but they didn't progress in that mandate that Jesus had for their lives. And so you go to Acts chapter 8, verse 1. It's the exact flip, right? Acts 1-8, Acts 8-1. Acts 8-1, great persecution breaks out all across Jerusalem. And in doing so, it forces God's leaders to go to places they weren't intending on going. They were comfortable where they were in Jerusalem. But that time of chaos, that time of persecution, literally took those Holy Spirit people and it, it sent them into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all over the world. Do you see this? And so God was, he was, there was this chaos going on around them in the world, but then God was positioning and he was leading the Philips of the world, the, the, the evangelist, Philip the evangelist, and he was leading the Peters and he was leading the Johns into doing and going places that they didn't see that far, but God was getting them further in his plan for their life. He was actually using the chaos and using that persecution. Now, God didn't cause it, but God uses stuff. Amen. God didn't cause those people to begin to persecute the early church. But in that chaos, in that confusion, God did something amazing. God did something good. He repositioned his leaders who would go with him on a journey to stretch themselves and to go places and to accomplish a greater plan around the world. That's kind of where I'm talking to us today. That, you know, this season that, God, that, that we're in right now, God didn't create COVID and God doesn't create all the all the, 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 the junk that we see in our society, in our culture. But you know what? God can work his plan right in the middle of it. And he can take all this stuff and he can begin to use his plan in your life individually and to raise you up to become this generation's next world leaders and world changers. And he can position you. And this whole season is going to create, if you'll let it. See, remember what I said? You have to say yes. And you have to keep that yes in Jesus if you let it, this season and God using this season will create a greater leader and he'll give you greater places of impact and he'll give you greater tools and answers to help the world around us. But if we have to get our eyes off the season and off the chaos and get our eyes back on our good shepherd, back on the one that has good plans for us and to begin listening to his voice. Amen. He didn't take away his permission for you to grow. His permission for you to lead. His permission for you to go be a world changer. He's not waiting for this season. He's going to use this season. Amen. I pray today we take, take our finger off the pause button and put it back on play. Let's get the picture moving again. Come on now. Let's get the picture moving again. So Acts chapter 9 verse 1. I'm going to read you the story. And I debated whether or not I'd just give you a paraphrase of it. But one of the things that I really highly value is Christians using their Bibles and reading it. And so we're going to read it like Sunday school together. Is that okay? We're going to progress. I believe we have an attention span long enough to enjoy about a 22-verse passage of Scripture. How many of you can do it? Can you stay engaged for 22 verses? Get your Bible and look with your own eyes. Acts chapter 9, verse 1. Have you found it in your Bible? Good, I hope it's there. If it's not there, then you have a defective Bible. Go back to Walmart and get a new one. Here we go. Acts, verse, Acts 9, verse 1. Meanwhile, Saul. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with church, Saul was the original name of the individual that would later become the Apostle Paul. So I want to make sure that we catch you all up. Sometimes we talk so fast about these characters, you don't know who they are. Saul was 
persecuting the church. Saul was part of that Acts 8-1 kind of uh, persecution and, and chaos that was going on. He was there arresting Christians, ripping families apart, throwing them into prison, and now he was on this hostile like attack towards the, towards the Christians um, in this, in, I think it's, we're going into Damascus, and he's on his road to go pursue and arrest even more. So this is who Saul was, but God had another plan for his life. And I encourage you today, this is a powerful story, if today you have been on a road of rebellion, on a road of destruction. The flight plan, Jesus the, the pilot is coming into your life just like the Apostle Paul and he's saying stop that road of destruction. I have a better plan for your life. And that's what we're seeing right here with the Apostle Paul. So meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and he was eager to kill the Lord's followers. Man, eager to kill and to kill the Lord's followers. I want you to see that Saul was messed up eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way. The way would be the Christians. That was what they were called at that period of time. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him and he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and it will be told you what you must do. I want you to see what happened. Here Saul is on the road to destroy people's life and Jesus had a greater plan to save Saul's life. And through Saul's life, he would save countless thousands of lives. So Jesus literally interrupts and shows up on Saul's path. And he says, why are you persecuting me? And he says, I have a plan for you. That's the challenge. I will be told you what you must do. The men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So now Saul was physically blind when he opened his eyes when he got up off the ground. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus, and he remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. You can underline that in your Bible, because I think in that place, God was really dealing, those three days, he was, he was really dealing with Saul, with his mindsets, and he was dealing with Saul about some of his past and some of the things that were going on internally there. Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision calling, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man named, from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. So we know that Saul was praying for those three days. He was blind. He wasn't eating. He wasn't drinking. He was, he was, I believe, kind of talking, arguing, working this thing out between him and Jesus during those three days. He's praying to me right now. I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming to him, laying hands on him so he can see again. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many things and Many people talk about this terrible things that this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And he is authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, go for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to the kings as well as to the people of Israel. So Saul is a chosen vessel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my namesake. So Ananias went and found Saul, laid his hands 
on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a little plug there about not just getting saved, but getting saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. He regained his sight. Then he got up and he was baptized. Afterwards, he ate some food, regained his strength. Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days. Immediately, he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogues and in, that indeed he is the Son of God. Powerful transformation story, amen? But let's look a little bit about what was going on there, you know, in that story. I was, I was praying about this whole thing. Look at Saul was part of the, the conflict of the generation. Saul was part of the conflict of the persecution and the uh, confusion and all that garbage that was going on but yet God had a plan for his life in the middle of all that stuff he was causing and I began to pray this week I said Lord what future leaders are you producing right now that are in the middle of this season that we're in of chaos and confusion there may be apostle Paul's right now and they may be even some of the most verbal hostile persecutors of the church but in this season God is also using this season to get his leaders for the next generation. Which is why we need to make sure we're not just writing people off and condemning and judging and picking people apart. We're the body of Christ. And we're praying for these individuals and some of these most hostile people you see may become the next generation's apostle Pauls. Amen. Because God isn't off the throne and God isn't done moving and God has a plan within this plan and God is going to move his plan down the field. The devil can't stop it. The world can't stop it. God will do his will. Amen. Amen. And so I, I love that God was, was producing leaders even out of that chaos and out of that time. And, and I believe he's even doing that with us. He's producing in you leadership for this generation and the next generation. Uh, you know, even myself, I've been at a place where I said, Lord, when can we go back to normal or back to what church was? And, and I just felt the Spirit of God speak to me, say, Kevin, the world doesn't need what the church was. The world needs what is being produced in them right now, what this season is forcing them to become, what this season is training them to become. The world doesn't need the church pre-COVID. The church, the world needs the church that has made it through COVID and become a glorious church, an even more glorious church. And the skills and the mindsets and the actions that we've learned, the next generation needs what we're becoming. Amen. Write this in your notes. God, you know, in this flight plan, God is not just bringing you from point A to point B. God is not just bringing me somewhere, he's making me in to someone. See, flight plan involves movement, right? By getting in that chair with the Lord and letting him fly the plane, though even the idea of flight plan means you're not sitting in the chair to stay in the same place. Someone see that. That God's plans for you, declares the Lord, have motion, have movement, have growth included. The reason you got on the plane was so that you wouldn't stay in the same spot. So don't covet or hope that things stay the same. There's no reason to get on the plane. Getting on the plane means you're going to another level. Getting on the plane means you're moving from one place to the next. 
But you see, God is not just trying to get you to the next season. He's trying to turn you into someone for that season. So these are the things I want to talk about in my last few moments. How is God going to change me? And what is he going to do? And, and all that. There's an equation I'd like you to put in your notes. Here's an equation, a math equation about success. And it's simply this. Mindset plus skill set plus action equals success. Mindset plus skill set plus action equals success. This equation works in business. You know what, when there's a, a hold up or a delay in the production of a company or a business, either workers or leaders' mindsets are wrong, they're not thinking the right thoughts, or they don't have the skills for this to overcome whatever's going on, or they're not producing or doing the work to get it done to produce the successful results. Do you see that? It, there's a, there's a, a great illustration of like a hose, like when you tie a hose and the water stops flowing, right? Or you kink the hose and the water stops flowing. It's the same idea. Success kind of flows when we have the right mindsets, the right skill sets, and it's coupled with action. And success then is a result of that. So sometimes we want to have success, but we don't want to stretch or grow our thinking or to think differently or to learn new thoughts or to, to let ourselves be open to new ideas. It goes back to new wineskins. How stretchy are you today? Amen? And then skill sets, because I may think new thoughts, but I may have to go back and learn some new skills for this season we're in and the season we're moving into. I can't do it the way we've always done it. I have to learn new tools in my tool belt. But I can have all the right thoughts, all the right theology, all the right mindset. I can even have the right skill sets and tools. But if I don't go to work and I don't put those things into action, they don't produce anything. Come on now. Amen. You can see it in marriage. We're thinking wrong. Our marriage is not succeeding. We're either thinking wrong or we're doing wrong or, or we don't have the skills yet. We need to learn the skill of talking or communication. It's in everything in life. You can see it. Mindset plus skill set plus action. And so when you want to kind of see where the, the blockage of success is, look into the mindsets, look into the skill sets, and look into the action of your home, your spiritual life, your business. It works in all these areas. And so when I say God is doing something, he's taking you on this journey, he's not just bringing you somewhere, he's making you into someone, I'm going to challenge you that he's going to work on your mindsets on the flight. Amen? That, that's part of what COVID is producing in us right now. It's part of what this season is producing. It's making us change our mindsets. Because we can't have the same thinking and the same mindsets and, and, and alone to go into the next season this flight will change your mindsets. The Bible says we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. We have to be willing and have to allow God to renew our mind. Even think about the Apostle Paul. I have my little tool set here uh, and some illustrations I want to use to kind of help us with this, talking about mindsets. Even with the idea of the Apostle Paul, you know, I thought about those three days that Paul was really struggling Scales were on his eyes. He's warring with himself, right? He's got his, he has his mindset, his current mindset. He was a Pharisee. He knew how to be righteous according to the law. He knew what he believed about what God wanted. You understand? He had a whole lot of mindsets. And he was, 
He had a mindset that to kill Christians or to arrest Christians was God's will, that God was in favor of ripping families apart and dragging the, the parents off in chains. You understand, this was, he, he, he wasn't doing what he thought was wrong. He was doing what his mindset thought was right. So then I imagine those three days where he wasn't eating and he was praying, I was imagining just even some of the guilt and remorse. Like, if that's wrong, then what did I do? And what does that make me? That makes me a murderer. That makes me, a, you know, an abusive and terrible person. And I thought I was, and so Paul was being challenged in his mindsets. But you know what? God wasn't doing that to shame Paul. He was doing it to, to, to grow Paul or to grow Saul into Paul, to transform him by renewing his mind. So sometimes the first, the first renewal of your mindset is to identify the wrong mindsets you had before. In this season that we're in, if we're saying yes to the journey, yes to the flight plan, then also say yes to Jesus. Identify mindsets that don't serve me anymore. Or identify mindsets that were wrong. Or identify mindsets that I was unaware that were, that were producing actions in my life. That I didn't even know I thought those ways. Remember, you said you'd go yes on the flight with Jesus. How many of you still say yes? Which means if he puts his finger on certain mindsets in your life, you're saying yes now to letting him change those mindsets. And so here's what I want you to see about new mindsets. When you come into the kingdom or you come into following Jesus, it's not about your thoughts and his thoughts and you just add his thoughts to your thoughts. That's, there you go, let's balance that. That is not being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformation has within it the word renovation. If you look, kind of look up kind of the, the background of that word in, in Romans 12, to renovate something means you tear down the old in order to build the new. Right? My head is way too big for this hat. See, you don't want to be a double-minded person. Letting God lead you on this flight plan, he's not asking you to add his thoughts to your thoughts. He's asking you to exchange your thoughts for his thoughts. Are you seeing the difference? So you remember the Apostle Paul, saved by works and saved by grace, does not work. Paul had to remove and let go of his old mindsets of how a person is made right with God in order to receive that you are saved by grace and not by works. Do you understand the difference? There are people that want to that, that serve God in certain areas of their life and say, well, I want to be able to do this with my life and, and have these habits and have these ways, but I'll also add Christianity to my own way of living and doing. You don't add your way and your thoughts to God's thoughts. You replace your thoughts with God's thoughts. See, I want to do this with my money. This is how I want to live my money. This is what I want to do with my, sec with my sex life. This is what I want to do with my entertainment and my media. And I just add Jesus to it rather than submitting to the pilot saying, okay, what are your thoughts about my media? What are your thoughts about my relationship? You know, uh, and, and what, what I do with my body? Or what are your thoughts? You see what I'm saying? It's not just adding his thoughts to your thoughts. And I'm doing a number on my hair and I'm sacrificing for Jesus. But I'm just trying to get this to you here. It's not adding his thoughts and his mindsets. It's replacing your thoughts with his thoughts. That's what we have to do. God, when you're talking to me about my mindsets in this season, I have to be willing to let go of my old thoughts, 
to even admit that they don't serve me anymore, to admit that they could even have been wrong. Or maybe they were right for that season, but they're wrong for this season. So God, show me and give me your mindset. Think about some of the deep thoughts that God had, that he had to stretch Paul in, right? Think about, like I just said, that whole thing that you were saved by grace and not by works, that is not a little deal to the Pharisees. For him to give up that mindset that he was born and raised in that culture that the entire nation followed God through the Ten Commandments and through the laws and through this series of ceremonies, for Paul to now be able to not just say it, but live it, believe it, and then share it publicly and even risk his life for that message. Look, it is, sometimes we don't take into account the sacrifice and the emotion of what actually happens when you have to let go of old mindsets. It's not always easy, but it's the pilot. It's Jesus. And you said yes. Amen. Or how about the idea that, that you, I, mean, I remember this mindset that Paul had, that you are now the temple of the Spirit of God. We love that. We're like, oh, isn't that wonderful? Isn't that amazing? Do you know how blasphemous that might have sounded to them back in that generation? The temple was everything. And for Paul to say that that building isn't the temple, but you are now the temple of the Spirit of God, that's a big deal. But you see, here's the thing. When we let God grow and change our mindset, mindsets, our capacity grows. Our ability grows. Amen? Our thinking, be, our thinking has to change first to then guide what are the right actions what are the right skill sets for this next season? And so God is going to challenge your thinking in this season. You can't think the way you've always thought. You've got to say, Jesus, give me your thoughts. Which means old ways of living, being, and doing might be challenged. But that's God bringing you somewhere, making you into someone. So here's another example of how letting your mindset expand and change could even affect the church. There's a story... If you can go back to early settlers, early civilizations, the mindset was always build cities around water because human beings need water to live, right? Did you know that? Three of you knew that? Okay. Human beings need water to live. And so the idea was build cities as close to water as possible. Get people to water and then we'll be able to build a thriving city. But one day, someone shifted the mindset from getting people to water into how do we get water to people? And just by shifting that mindset, cities could be built away from rivers, away from lakes, could be built somewhere else, and, and crops could be grown in different places. And all of a sudden, all these things could be produced and successful and created, all because someone allowed their mindset to change. Do you see that? So how in church in this season of COVID, the way I kind of bring that parallel together is for years, churches have felt the mindset or had the mindset, how do we get people to the church? How do we get people to Calvary? Let's get more and more people to Calvary. But in this season, the mindset can shift, can shift has to shift to not just how to get more people to Calvary, but how do we get Calvary to more people? How do we get Calvary to the people? Because in this season, social distancing needs to happen. We can't just keep getting people to the building and we may have to do like a, a flex thing like we did today, even with media. And people may be in their homes and they may be in their cars and they may be in apartments or in dorm rooms. 
And so we cannot have the mindset of how do we fill the building to be our only mindset. We have to have a mindset of how do we get what happens in this building to those people in a way that it still impacts their life and transforms them where it's not just a program or an episode on television, but it's formative and life-changing and it's making their marriage better and their health better and their spiritual walk better. And how do we get Calvary to the people? How do we get Calvary to the people? Those that can't come, they're in hospitals, they're in apartments, they can't physically get here or it's dangerous for them to come. We can't make the win get more people to Calvary right now. And so that mindset has to change. How do we get water to more people? And so quickly we'll talk about skill sets. In the Apostle Paul's life, God had to develop new skill sets as he was learning how to preach the gospel. But I, I even use a story now of the Apostle Paul. Here's a skill set. You know, Paul was, if you didn't follow the story, Saul changed his name to Paul when he gave his life to the Lord. He didn't want to be known by what he was. He wanted to be known by who Jesus had made him to be. Maybe that's your story today. Maybe that's the one thing you came for. That God has a new name for you. Jesus has a new name for you. If you'll say yes to his plan, his flight plan for your life. But real quickly, skill set. Think about this. The Apostle Paul, when he was preaching about the Lord, he was thrown in prison. Paul and Silas were in prison because they were doing good. They weren't in prison because they were doing wrong. Sometimes Christians think if you do the right thing, everything's supposed to go perfect for your life. How many of you learned something else, right? That, you know, doing the right thing doesn't mean that you don't get persecuted or, you know, all that. It doesn't, doing the right thing doesn't mean that your life is just rainbow skittles and unicorns, right? Doing the right thing, you can still have opposition. You can still have trouble even doing the right thing. And so Paul and Silas are in prison, but in the middle of prison, they learned a skill of not focusing on the prison, but focusing on Jesus, the person of Jesus. Focusing on God and worshiping in the prison. Now, I don't know that Paul always was a person that would worship in the middle of trouble like that. I know I wouldn't have been that way probably at first or even maybe now, I don't know. I learned, we have to learn the skills sometimes. We have to grow up in the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Are you understanding? But Paul had to add that tool to his tool belt, that skill to his tool belt in this season that he was going through. The ability to praise in the middle of problems. And I wanted to bring that, in, that specific story. And the Bible says that, it, you know, as the night progressed up into midnight, Paul and Silas began to worship. They began to praise. And in the middle of worship and praise, an earthquake hits the prison, sets them free. The chains fall off and the prison doors open. But they didn't know that was going to happen. They didn't have the Bible to read in advance. Right? That happened, but they weren't praising for an earthquake. They weren't praising to get out of prison. They were praising in the middle of the prison. So one example of a skill set that we might learn right now is to stop complaining in the middle of the season, to put a guard on my mouth in the middle of the season, and to begin to praise and worship and listen to God in the middle of the season and to make it a habit, a new response, a new skill, rather than watching the news every day to find out what else I should be mad about today, to go to the Word or go to Jesus and to begin to praise in the middle of my problem. Maybe learning the skill of not saying thank you when the problem is over, but saying thank you, God, in the middle of the journey of the problem. To worship. See, these are all things that we're learning right now. 
on our flight plan. This is just one example, but maybe there's an example of patience that you're learning right now. There's an example of showing and expressing love in this flight plan season that we're in right now. But our mindsets have to be willing to grow and change and adapt. Our skill sets have to grow and be willing to change and adapt. God, teach me to be a person of praise in the middle of problems. God, teach me to be a person that thinks about and helps and serves others in the middle of this season where I want to think about myself because I'm concerned. But help me not to be self-centered. Help me to be Christ-centered. Mindset, skill sets, and then again with actions. It all then hinges on actions. You can have tools. You can have tools. These don't fit. We did? Yes. You can have tools. So I can learn praise in the middle of problems, but if I don't actually praise in the middle of problems, it doesn't matter. Amen? You know, you can look at all these action words that we can be doing in the middle of this season, this plan, this journey that we're on. God, deal with my mindsets. God, develop my skill sets. And God, give me the actions that are the right actions for success in this season. You know, Paul, when he was in prison, he would not only praise, but he'd begin to write. Our most of our Gospels in the New Testament came from Paul doing actions in the middle of this season that he was going through, middle of this time. He began to write. Can you begin to write in the middle of this season? Can you begin to write words of encouragement to people, notes and letters and cards, uh, Facebook messenger posts to tell people I'm praying for you, uh, God gave me a word, or, or I have a verse for you to encourage you today, or, or can you, you know, God, give me an action to you know, praise, to write, to, to, to go and maybe mow someone's lawn that can't get out right now because they're not feeling well, bring food to a family and drop it at the door, whatever. But there are actions we must act. We can't just talk about it and learn about it and study it and have then new tools added to our lives. We fall short so many times in then acting on what we've learned and what God's teaching you. And here's what I'm saying. God in this season is teaching you. If you'll watch, if you'll listen, God is speaking to you. God is teaching you. God is showing, giving you words right now. I really believe that. If, if, we, if we go into a place of praise, we go into a place of worship, we go into listening, God, change my mindsets. God, give me revelation in this season. God, speak to me. He will. But we have to look at this season as transforming our lives and preparing something special in our lives. And, and God is talking to me. So you start journaling it. You start writing it down. You start sharing it and offering it and putting it into practice. God is not just bringing you somewhere. He's turning you into someone. And so I wanted to show us today with all these little pieces and all these things that this plan that you're on, God is still bringing your plan, the plan he has for your life to pass if you'll go with him. Is it negativity? Is it, is it certain belief systems that you need to change? God, what skill sets do I need to learn right now? I want to be very intentional about my growth. Do I need to learn how to praise in this season? Have I allowed my mouth to get out of control and life and death are in the power of the tongue? God, do I need to learn the skill of putting a guard over my mouth? Do I need to learn the skill of reading my Bible on a daily basis to get me, in this season, get me through in this season where I've kind of put it on the shelf and I haven't really invested in it? God, do I need to learn the skill of something else? What skills are you adding? You know, in a practical way, you know, we as a church have learned the skills of online church. Some of you have learned the skills in this season of online business. 
Some of you learned skills of being stay-at-home tutors and teachers for your children. See, these are all skills that we've learned now. And that's a good thing. And God's going to use that. God, what actions, what actions need to come out of my new mindsets and my new skills? God, give me proper, appropriate action so I can make the impact and the difference both in my life and through my life that you would have. God, I don't want to just talk a good game. I want to live the love of God. I want to express and, and be the light and the salt in this earth. God, give me the action. Help me to be a, a Christian doing and not just believing. So today, why don't you go ahead and stand. I want to say a word of prayer over us. And then I'm going to close. I'm just going to ask the Lord to begin to speak to us about where we're growing and where the flight plan has taken us. Heavenly Father, right now, in Jesus' name, we come before you and I thank you for mindsets, skill sets, and actions. And this plan that you have us on is developing all three of those areas all the time. Mindsets, skill sets, and actions. God, I ask that you help us to identify mindsets that need to change. God, I ask that you help us to identify new skills we need to learn, that we need to add to our life and stop resisting them. And God, I ask that you begin to give us actions. We are anointed and empowered to do good. We are saved by grace unto good works, the Bible says. So God, I pray we would live the faith that we have to express it, to offer it, especially right now when people are looking for God, they're looking for what's real. Help us to act, help us to act. God, we give you thanks for these things. Lead us, guide us, identify them in our lives, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.